interesting. Um, Welcome to Unraveling Midlife. I'm your host, Sarah Spence. Thanks for joining me as I explore my own astrological midlife by speaking with all sorts of inspiring people about their life and work. Astrological midlife relates to Western astrology transits that run from everyone's mid-30s to mid-40s. Each of the four main midlife transits have an overall theme, though details vary by generation and of course by individual. If you're new to the show, welcome. You can also follow me on social media as Sarah Marlowe Spence, and you're welcome to subscribe to the show if you haven't already. You can even share it to let more people experience the fun that is unraveling midlife. At the end of each episode, I generally share a track of my original music, Though today's a little out of the ordinary, so there will be more on that later. There's a link to my website in the show notes where you can find details of upcoming events, which often include music gigs or kirtan, joyful chanting, dream workshops, and since it's summer when I released this in February 2023, uh, also uh, festival season, part two of festival season coming up, part one kind of having been covered in the last episode and a bit in this episode too. Today's guest is THE Gareth Edwards, not to be confused with any of the many other Gareth Edwards in the world. Gareth has an array of arrows to his bow. His work includes improving mental health systems and entertaining as a keynote speaker. He's an author, songwriter and musician. Basically, he's really good value, he's incredibly funny, and I'm stoked to have him on the show. Is that New Zealand English? Stoked? Probably. Anyway, I'm happy to have him. (laughs) This episode was recorded live at Evolve Festival in Nelson, New Zealand, a few weeks before release date. So shout out to Evolve Festival, excellent festival, and to the Nyoni player who was jamming outside the caravan that you'll hear in the background. Gareth, welcome to Unraveling Midlife. We're here recording live from Evolve Festival in Nelson, in New Zealand. Uh, and because it's a bit windy, we've found someone's caravan. So you may hear campsite noises. But Gareth, yay! So good to have you. <laughs> hey, thank you. Fellow Aquarian, let's yes. let's celebrate. Whoop whoop. <laughs> um, tell us what's a bit about you. A bit about me, yeah, I'm here at Evolve Festival, and so sometimes I'm a performer, play my own music, sometimes I'm a laughter workshop facilitator at these kind of events, and then I have a day job in mental health. All right, what does that mean? On a good day, I get to build new mental health services that are different to the norm, and on a less good day, I try and fix the ones that exist already. (laughs) Yeah, right, right. Yeah, I mean, you've got many kind of feathers in your hat, and that's without even knowing too much about the day job. Because <laughs> yeah. last time we were here at Evolve, we actually sang together. Yeah, we did, yeah. yeah the we last time the I was here. Yeah, mm. yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. that was yeah. good fun. Um, so 
laughter yoga, singing, performing, mm. and I do recall that uh, you had like a fringe show and you did really well at the local fringe festival. Yeah, I gave fringe go a couple of years. Uh, that was nearly maybe eight years ago. Was it that long ago? Yeah, wow. 2015 is when I did the first fringe show, and it's kind of by accident because I was doing somebody else's fringe show, so I just put my own in, and yeah, just just winged it. Just came with the songs I had, and the, every song I've got has got a story. I knew what I was going to say at the start, and I knew my first song. And then after that, I was just going to go with whatever I felt was right. So ad lib. Well. Yeah, completely. Yeah, I kind of knew what songs were were flowing through the fingers at that time. But yeah, I didn't really have a structure. Huh. And it was, yeah, it was proper white knuckling, but it worked really well. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. I mean, it depends on the audience, doesn't it? Yeah, well, that's what that's the feedback I was getting when I was prepping. People were saying, you know, you're better when you're responding to the audience rather than going with a fixed plan. Yes. So I threw my plan out the window. Literally, I had a four-page document of a plan. And I just tore it up. And, yeah. Yeah. Just went on stage and did my best. <laughs> cool. And, I mean, you've managed to merge <clears throat> your music and your day job stuff, like doing MC gigs and all sorts, haven't yeah, you? Yeah, and if I, that's where my music first, um, where I first really played was at sort of mental health conferences, doing MCing, doing a few of my songs. A lot of the songs that I started with were very mental health focused. So some were sort of sad, some were joyful, some were ponderous. Um, so yeah, I had a lot of kind of on-topic songs. And then that's what I took out on my stage show when I did The Fringe, just to see if there was a kind of interest beyond the mental health world. Oh, okay. Yeah, and there was. It was really fascinating because some of them are quite nuanced. Like you have to know... Yeah, a bit about the kind of what they call the pointy end of mental health. But they still seem to resonate. They still seem to really go down well. Well, I remember your second album really helped me get through a breakup. And it wasn't until I said that to you and I, the response I got was that, like, it wasn't, that wasn't really what it was designed for. But I got a lot out of it. And I have no idea what the story was behind mm. the album, except that I really enjoyed it. <laughs> yeah, well, the second one was the most mental health one. You know, so I mean, it's got a song called Psychiatric Blues about being on the psychiatric ward. That's as kind of as pointy as it gets. But then I guess because the other songs, yeah, they, they speak to more kind of universals, like people who have breakups, a really good example. Anything that's really, you know, um, unraveling, anything that's distressing, it's all in the same sort of ballpark. Well, it's the mind, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And also challenges in life, you know, like dealing with. Yeah, the tough stuff. Mm. Yeah. Which we all, happens to all of us. But what I found um, getting into this astrological midlife mm. focus was I just felt like at 37, I was like, what's going wrong? Like, oh, every, everything was going okay. And then suddenly it just seems to have turned to custard. Why, why is this happening to me? Why are people <laughs> being weird? And yeah. Just this kind of whole, yeah, and talk to younger people, and they're like, yeah, everything's going well. And I'm like, well, my, my life feels like custard right now. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, what happened to you like in your midlife? Like, I gave you some dates to kind of have yeah, a look over. A very similar age, actually. So 2010 was the, um, the, the one of the years you gave me. So I would have been 36 in 2010. Yeah. And yeah, that's when the wheels really started falling off. I didn't really know how far they'd fall. I just thought I was kind of going through some tough stuff. Um, I remember going back to the UK. So I'm born in Manchester, north of the UK. 
And I went back and I remember sort of catching up with some old school friends and hearing about others. And I thought if I'd have really wanted to have been in the rat race, I should have stayed here. I should have stayed in England and really gone for it like my sort of contemporaries had. And yet here I was in Auckland, which for me is a Pacific Island, you know, <laughs> beach haven place, you know, like it doesn't really feel too much of a city. But still very much doing the career thing. You know, I had three, three main jobs at that time. Ran two companies and ran a third charity. So I was really going for it by accident. It wasn't intentional. And yeah, really noticing that that was unsustainable. And that classic, that cliched almost, like, you know, doing well in the material world, but inside just slowly ebbing away. And that mm-hmm. was 2010. So that was, yeah. And by 2011, when I had my birthday in February, I was like, oh, there's, there's actually a crisis. There's actually some, an intervention is needed. Yeah. So I kind of, that's when I intervened myself. And would have met you actually very shortly after mm. that. Yeah. Because yoga was a big part of the intervention. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. So that was a pretty gnarly <laughs> Pluto Square transit when uh, really transforming, shall we say. <laughs> Cannonball is another word associated with Pluto. Ah, okay. Yeah, that would make sense for that yeah. 2010, 2011 period. Yeah. Because it felt like it was happening to me. Yeah. So I got a lot of chronic fatigue. So that led me on a uh-huh. health journey. A lot of physical pain, like on a you know health journey as well. Yeah, it was. Um, yeah, it was. It was unavoidable. So by the end of your <clears> like, <throat> if we look at the dates, um, uh, by the like twenty nineteen when you were kind of through. <laughs> that's nearly a decade. I know. I mean, so much happens oh, in that time, brutal. right? You have a completely and utterly <clears throat> different life from from. Then. Oh, chalk and cheese. Yeah, chalk and cheese. Absolutely. I mean. Yeah, after that time in 2010-11, you know, part of it was like a recommitment to self. Like, I, I was thinking about this unravelling term, and for me, that period, particularly if it goes all the way to 2019, the word I've been using is like a renaissance. Hmm. So a bit like, you know, when Europe kind of rediscovered all that sort of Greek and Roman culture and sort of, re, you know, sort of repurposed it for their means. feels like I've kind of dug back to that sort of early Gareth, that teens and early 20s guy. And gone, what was the best bits? What bits do I want to sort of reinvent and reestablish? And yeah, by 2019, I was, yeah, probably unrecognizable to a lot of people. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Mm. And you're an author as well. Yeah, sort of. Sort of. I mean, you're a songwriter, but. Yeah, I normally go with writer. Author sounds really official. Oh, right. I've written words down, let's put it that way. You've written yeah. words down. Yeah. So I wrote a little book um, about my experiences in my 20s, so I like that quarter-life crisis, I guess. Um, yeah, and it's got a rather fetching title. It's kind of intentional. So it's yeah. called The Procrastinator's Guide to Killing Yourself. Yes. Yeah. And I wanted it to be really direct. It started, started as a blog. I wanted to write a blog having been in that situation myself that someone might read at the point of that contemplation it was quite short and pithy and even the book's pretty short and pithy it's designed to be read in about an hour yeah, yeah. great yeah 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 I felched a, a line out of it for one of my songs <laughs> <laughs> yeah you said that I'm kind of curious I'm, I'm going to try and spot it I don't want you to tell me I want to come to your um You'll set tomorrow and just see if I can hear it. Oh, yeah. It's it's not on the list, but I believe it was the song that, until last weekend at New Zealand Spirit, no one had actually heard. Ah, 
okay. So That's probably secret, why I sent it to you when I song. first. Ah, yeah. okay, I'll have to dig back through my uh, my messages then. Yeah. 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 It was a few years ago. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh wow. And so, what next for you? Interesting. Um, this week I'm meant to be in Melbourne, in Victoria, in Australia, and as as you won't be able to hear on the podcast. I've damaged my leg dancing. So yeah, there's a little barrier there. And I think part of it is trying to make sure that I go there with the right intent, with the right array of feathers, if you like. Um, it's very easy to slip back into that careerism, you know, and just, you know, work hard, you know, do well in the, in the kind of normal society. Well, it is quite attractive to, at least in some respect, do well in normal society so that you're not worried about putting food on the table or a place to live. So, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no, definitely. And especially if, you know, you've got responsibilities or commitments that, you know, you need to service. Mm -hmm. Where I find myself now is that I've got less and less of that. So I've got one son who's now about to start his second year at uni. Mm -hmm. So he's kind of walking towards adulthood. And um, and yeah, I feel like it's time for me to live a little bit, maybe like the gig, maybe just live a little bit more kind of on the edge, just know what I'm doing next, but not forever. It's nice to yeah. not have a long-term plan. Yeah, I very rarely have a long-term <clears throat> plan because I'm like, I don't know who I'm going to be in two years' time. Yeah, that's <laughs> a good way of seeing it. Yeah, there'll be a different version of us, eh? Yeah. yeah. I mean, if it's like a real goal that, yeah, this is mm. like... I know for certain that that's what I want to aim at. That's mm. that's different. Yeah, and I've got one of them. So I'm sitting on a bunch of songs. Um, three years, just before the pandemic, actually, me and my partner separated after 19 years. Was that Where did that fall in your astrological mind? So that was 2019. Oh, right. So that was the end <laughs> of your... Yeah, that's, so when you said that, I was like, oh, yeah, that, that didn't make sense. Because mm. that, was, that, was, that was major, you know. Of course. We spent nearly 20 years together. Mm the child and the house thing and yeah traveled here emigrated so yeah it's a very deep and loving and connected relationship and it finished and yeah i probably spent about a year in hibernation and then yeah i realized there weren't many people walking past my lounge so if i wanted to sort of meet somebody i'd probably have to get out there and be a bit more proactive so like many of us sort of started my journey on the apps but like the last time I was single, there was barely even internet, let alone apps. So this was an entirely new way of doing things. And mm. so for two years, navigated the world of dating, uh, navigated the world of poly, kink, all sorts of kind of, yeah, all sorts of avenues. And wrote a bunch of songs about um, on the verge of going out into the world. Oh, I'm really excited. <laughs> Yeah, they're very different. Like, I know when I did the mental health songs, it was a massive leap to be that vulnerable, to be that open, to literally be sort of bearing your soul. And now I'm really comfortable with that. Now I've got to do the same about love and relationships. And so I'm at this side of that, though. They're kind of like on the edge of the cliff, ready to leap. Right. Mm. Right. I feel like um, I've had you as a. Um, a great influence on me with your vulnerability about going out and sharing your story mm. with the music and that now at that part of my astrological midlife 
I'm finally ready to do the same thing because I've just started sharing um, songs about relationship, etc. That I always used to just share what was kind of coming through in my twenties, mostly, um, yeah. which was just like it was just words from the divine inspired. And I, I mean, I do have had that occasionally, but mm. um, I can, can even see astrologically, like Neptune, like the inspiration was going over a few of my planets, and I was writing songs and writing songs and feeling so connected. But that was that was my twenties, and then you know, like midlife comes, it's like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, and there's all these like experiences for me to kind of make sense of and. Um, and, and share and I got some advice from some friends like you know you don't want to share too too much so I've like, had to rewrite a song and <laughs> yeah definitely. yeah kind of make it a bit more generic yeah 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 and I, I think we've kind of built really similar in our songwriting like the the songs are for us they're us making yeah. sense of our experience mm-hmm. they come out of us they sort of write us mm. and then we have to go does anybody else want to listen to this so they might be one or two people like uh-huh. share that song with me you know you might go oh, i'll just share it to this person because they'll get it or it just feels good and then it's like do i take this to a stage and broadcast it to the you know, yeah whoever's listening and that's another again another level i feel like it's quite niche like i'm not comfortable to plaster things everywhere mm. it's not really in my nature especially i'm writing about relationships and i know that in the area of my birth chart I have like a very secretive kind of influence in that area so I don't I don't necessarily unless it's like a long-term thing put a photo of me and who I'm with on on like social media for example where some people can like that's all over and it's shared 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 I mean go Facebook official is a whole a whole, whole next right, level you know? it's like a negotiated goal <laughs> and do and does that label us as uh past midlife because we are still on facebook probably absolutely yeah yeah <laughs> yeah, yeah quite gleefully maybe because i've passed 2019 like i'm i'm not in the thick of it and maybe the way you are like i could see that period as a period now um Oh, in terms of things being niche, I just yeah, I just wanted to, to talk a bit about that. I think part of it is if you're being vulnerable, you need the person to know the context in which you're sharing. Mm-hmm. You know, so like you're a funny person, so you, we need to see the glint in your eye when you say something, or the smile, or we need to know that it's kind of got a certain tone. And I think that means we've got to sort of do it in a group that you can convey that. You know, yeah, it's not just the song, it's not just the words, it's the whole package, and that's when it lands best. I put a song out that was satire once, and someone on the comments was like, "Oh my gosh!" and they didn't get it, and <laughs> so I've started performing. Like, okay, I would like, I would like to just clarify, this is satire, yeah. um, and again, just it's satire. Right? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Hmm. Where are you in the um, in your unraveling? What what stage are you in? Um, I'm in that kind of like last couple of years. Okay. Yeah, it's all like the big, the big uh, thing that was your twenty eighteen to twenty nineteen is is just about to start in a couple of months for me. 
and you've written Shake Up by mine. Yeah, yeah. How so are you feeling the, about Shake it's Up? It's the Uranus opposition. <laughs> well, on my last uh, podcast, I talked to um, a couple of people into the celestial things, and one's an evolutionary astrologer, and he um, had said at a, at a talk, um, astrology talk he did in Raglan at another festival a few mm. weeks back, he'd uh, said, well, you know, because I'd heard that Uranus opposition can be a really big shake-up if you're not on the right track. The universe will right, just shake okay. you up and kind of put you on the right track, sometimes quite painfully. Um, and it turns out he's Aquarian. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and he said, well, you know, if you've got a lot of, like, Uranian, so Uranus is the ruler of um, of Aquarius, if you've got, if you're comfortable with that, those Uranian influences, mm then Uranus opposition might, like, it might be, you can might be able to ride the waves a little bit easier. And I was quite happy about that because I was like, I'd also heard, because I'd asked him in the talk, mm. I've heard that there's a Pluto square, that if you have a hard Pluto square, which it sounds like you did, where the wheels came off, um, I felt like I really did, that maybe Uranus opposition would be easier. Ah, okay. um, so I'm kind of like, am I going to get the shake up this year? But I've also been focusing quite a lot on, um, listening within more carefully about the decisions and what I'm doing. Kind of following yeah, and I, guess, I guess you're quite intentional as well. Like you're doing this whole podcast about unraveling. So you kind of, you're not walking into these, these phases blindly. Like you've got it in your... I think that's the reason part of the reason I'm doing yeah. it. Like, let me figure it out along the way. But then, you know, yeah. the astrologer I was talking to last week, so like, well, you know, if you'd, you, that's kind of a mind thing. Like, yeah, uh, <laughs> trying to strategize managing it, and you kind of need to go go with the flow. I'm like, mm. yeah, yep, that's true, that's true. But um, although I might have started it with, I, I mean, I started it with an inspiration, and it's been coming up. Um, the episode I release after this one will be. I guess two year anniversary. Wow. Apparently the average is to give up after thirteen, so the yeah. fact I've got had double that is yeah, uh, yeah. awesome. Is is good news. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think this period of our life gets it gets cliched. Yeah, well and, and there's dismissed. the definition of midlife. Often people go, Oh well that's your fifties mm. or once your kids have left home. Or somewhere like not the astrological midlife, which is a little, which is earlier. Yeah. But there is, of course, um, uh, around the age of forty-nine or fifty, maybe fifty-one, depending on where where Chiron was, the Chiron return where it comes back, and it is a bit of a health check. Um, yours isn't just yet, but it's coming up soon <laughs> in the next year or two. As if I need any more. <laughs> <laughs> Wow. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'll stand by for that. Yeah. 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 Actually, I need to check where exactly it is. It might have started already. Like here, you are sitting with your moon boot on. Well, I've got a moon boot, and I had open heart surgery a year ago, so you know. Oh. Yeah. Maybe. Maybe I'm an early adopter of that one. Yeah. How yeah. How was open heart? What was? I mean, you reflected a little bit on social media. I remember. Yeah. yeah I shared. I shared a bit of the journey. Yeah. It was. Um, yeah. It was profound. And obviously now, from the safety of you know recovering great but you know for a long time you know i thought oh this is this is it this is my numbers up especially as i was on a wait list because of the lockdown oh so there's some logistics around getting in and getting it fixed and um yeah it really brings into sharp relief you know just what you've got and you know i'm often that sort of sees the day when things like this come up it's like okay well make the most of what you've got because you just never know um but yeah i'm a year post that now 
I'm feeling pretty good and grateful. I have a loss to gratitude. When, so when I came round, I mean, to be fair, I was smashed off my face on pethidine and morphine and, you know, all those good stuff. But apparently I'm the only person who laughed around the tube, the life support tube. <laughs> <laughs> the uh, ICU nurses have never heard anybody laugh with the tube still down the throat. Well, I'm not surprised. Who's the laughter <laughs> yoga guy? It's lots of people knew you for a few years Yeah, there. so I was just so, so happy. So happy to be alive, so happy to have made it. And I haven't really lost that. It's stayed with me, and I think it might stay with me forever. I mean, I'm pretty jolly anyway. But just that, that core, like, I'm still here. Yeah, I'm still here. So, yeah, let's enjoy it. Very good, very good. Hey, yay! <laughs> <laughs> As a niche reference. <laughs> if you've been to a laughter yoga class, that will be familiar. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Oh, great! Wow, new adventures to come. So many adventures mm. already had. Yeah, definitely being grateful for this life is a very important thing to remember. Mm. Yeah, yeah. I'm trying to maybe maybe going back to that whole you know getting caught in the rat race, like trying to make sure as much of your time and energy is spent in your sort of place of gifts so mm. obviously for us it's music and you know you do a whole, a whole bunch of other feathers with the dream work and the kirtan and but even if it's just you know the simple relationships in your life neighborhood uh, yeah like everyone's everyone's got something to bring obviously i'm at a festival that's how it feels you know as everybody contributes mm. so yeah yeah it's a very very sweet festival too yeah, it's a beautiful one. This is this Evolve Festival. Very, very family focused. Alcohol and drug free, of course. It's probably one of the oldest running festivals yeah, in I the country so, now. Yeah, yeah, it used to be called Possibilities mm. back in the day. I'm just moving the laptop. Sorry, listeners. It's uh, buzzing a little bit. Uh, okay. So I figured it might be going close. That's the thing about doing on site, like <laughs> pop up, yeah? <laughs> It's, it's actually much more straightforward doing these things on Zoom, but there's something different about sitting across from someone and actually having a conversation. It's, um, I mean, we all know from lockdowns that that is so different from having like a, a, a Zoom or like in work, a work situation, a yeah, team, it's Teams meeting. It's the usual thing, hasn't it, to be in person yeah. now? That's the odd thing. Everyone assumes to be on Teams. I know I was excited about my last day job contract that it was in the area that I lived, but then. The majority of it was online because most of my team weren't in the same area. The last one I did actually, everyone else was in person. Oh. And I was online. Oh, that is. Oh, hey. And it was a bit tricky until I realised that if I used the little hand function, everybody stopped talking. Ah. And it was like, oh, Gareth's got something to say. And I was like, wow, I've got power in this room that I would never have if I was there physically. I'm taking that on because I've always found that quite challenging. So yeah, and I acknowledged it in the room. I was like, oh, the, you know, the hand of God raises and everybody stops. So everyone goes, every time the hand went up, they're like, okay, no, we need to tune in now. I wasn't what to say. Bow down too. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and apparently I was like, you know, four foot tall on the screen or whatever because of the, the size ah, of the right. So yeah, worked in my favour in the end. Well, the hand of God reminds me of, because um, we both have spiritual names from our, our yoga time. Mm. And today you happen to be wearing a singlet that has Ganapati, absolutely, uh, the elephant-headed god Ganesh on on it. Um, how did you feel about having that Sanskrit name? 
How did you relate to that? Um, interesting. So that was at the time. That was 2011. So I went from sort of, you know, city boy, career boy, to, oh, I'm going to go and move to the country, have a lifestyle block, and then go to India to follow this thing called yoga. Within months, it happens so fast. And I'd highly recommend listening to his song, Down on the Farm. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was written on the farm, yeah. Um, and yet, so I followed the yoga to Mungir, uh, to the Bihar school. And yeah, I took initiation. And it was really funny, like, everyone came out of initiation. Oh, what did you do? What did you do? And I didn't really have much sort of awareness of what it was. Some people were really disappointed, you know, because they got a name that wasn't... I think somebody got Mahatma. And obviously, because everybody knew Mahatma Gandhi, it's like, oh, you've got the best name because you've got Mahatma. And everybody else, like, I've got this weird name that I can't even pronounce. And I couldn't even read, man. I was like, it's Gan, Gan something. I don't know what it is. <laughs> so anyway, we sort of shuffled off for the night. And then the day after, we went and did our karma yoga, our act of service. And I went to the um, the warehouse. There was lots of people, real busy. And obviously, we were encouraged to use the name. I, I couldn't even pronounce it. No one was telling me how to pronounce it. So I said, oh, I'm... Uh, and I showed them the piece of the paper. And, oh, Ganapati! Oh! And they all made this big fuss over me. And I'm like, what? What is it? It's Ganesha. And of course, I knew the name Ganesha. And uh, Ganesha or Ganesha was like, apparently his nickname. It's like his playful name. So anyway, they all sat me down and told me all these stories about Ganesha. And stopped work for an hour to fill me in on the details. So of course, by the end of it, I was like, wow. What an honor to be the, you know, the first, named after the first god that's sort of recognized when people come and do ceremony, they all pray to Ganesha mm-hmm. first. And remover of obstacles, mm. which, you know, my understanding of the name is it's a name you grow into. Like it's an aspirational name. Yes. And, oh, as soon as I got that frame on, I was like, well, I've got lots of obstacles. I can, I can go at this for a long time. And, and ultimately, the thing, the heart operation I had was a physical obstacle. It was a valve that got replaced. Yeah. So just everything from physical to spiritual to creative the obstacles just yeah moved out of the way and so in the end i'm like wow this is such a blessing of a name absolutely love it love it i love all these stories and yeah yeah i guess i was one of those people that got the name and went okay i know what i know what i think i know what it means and i'm like but i see the word rat in the middle yeah yeah and then last year, I was did a shamanic journey <clears throat> workshop. I like co-facilitated, but my friend did the shamanic journey part to find mm. the power animal, and um, and I've had it before. And I got I got a rat. And then I said to her later, I'm like, that's like my name. It's got a rat in the middle. It's Prem Ratna, which is, I mean, Ratna means jewel, like yeah. like you know diamond type jewel. Jewel, like the singer, um, who people compare my voice to sometimes. Um, but yeah, I remember getting it and went going, oh, oh, I kind of because I, I I dreamt that I got given a name earlier, ah, okay. that, and it was an entirely different name. Yeah. So it was that was an interesting experience having been at the ashram and dreamt what my name was. Right. Okay. It'll be in an old journal. I kind of remember it somehow somewhere. Um, and um, and then getting given it but I was, I was actually just reflecting on it very recently and being prem being unconditional love mm. and i haven't thought of it for probably most of my astrological midlife um and really reflecting on going oh i think i'm starting to understand it on a deeper level yeah and just the reminder to come back to that mm. prem ratna yeah. which is i feel like astrological midlife 
just came to challenge me to like take me off that way and I'm like oh okay I just have to manage that mind and draw it back and draw it back because those mind grooves can be just so bloody annoying excuse my language yeah quite persistent aren't they Mm -hmm. Mm. they sure are Mm. well and life goes on I was actually just thinking when you were just saying that you went to the Bihar school, but you're not a yoga teacher, right? No. I was no. thinking that um, potentially I could uh, crank the numbers of my podcast guests and, and what percentage have been yoga teachers because there's been a fair few. <laughs> yeah, I've come close. And I'd certainly be interested in doing the study for my own Yeah. My own journey. Like I'm, yeah, I'm pretty, um, I've been doing it for a long time, but I don't feel I've necessarily, I've got no interest in, in advancing it. I'm really happy with it where it is. And I quite like the diversity. So mm. for me, I like the stretching, the breathing, the meditating. The kirtan is eventually, after I've kind of got over myself, is such a beautiful part of it. But it took me a long time. I think, and others have shared this, maybe you too, like when you're trained in a certain certain music, the Western tonal system, the do re mi's, kirtan just isn't, the same it's not it's not music in that way so you almost have to i felt i had to unlearn my sort of attachment oh, to that definitely. structure especially if you're used to reading <clears> music <throat> like i remember the ashram in canada i lived at there was someone who she was hell-bent on reading the music mm. playing the harmonium and doing it in the timing but nobody actually sang it in the timing it was written yeah yeah, yeah. so if you get that at a young age you do have to kind of like i'm really grateful because i can write songs and i can perform and and do western music but it took me a while to stop seeing it as music and just see it as vibration, just see it as sound and back to love rather than oh, a song or even a nursery yeah. rhyme. You know, like it was, yeah, it's, it's, it's just a different form of yeah, sound. I mean, I was just saying that, um, yeah, singing Kirtan is amazing and it, it also has this distinct advantage of if it's a simple kirtan because it's repetitive Mm. it's so much easier to remember the words (laughs) (laughs) yeah sometimes there's only like two or three so yeah 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 Yeah. oh wow it'll be interesting to see because we've collabed on a couple of songs before you played um keyboard on one of my tracks yes and then i did some backing on uh on one of your songs. Yeah, a few, I think, actually. Yeah, yeah. at least a couple. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, mm. we performed together. And I found the one that I played on yours, and if you remember, I wasn't asked to play on it. No. You sent me an early demo, and I, I got back from Auckland, and this is when I was living in this lifestyle block just out of Raglan. And I got back on a Friday, so it had been a full week, and I was all kind of in my head and stressed and, you know, sitting up. And this arrived on a Friday night, and I was like, oh, cool, I'll go and listen to it. I had a little sort of home studio. And I'm listening to it, and I thought, oh, I can hear keys. I might just go and play my keyboard to sort of, you know, get in the flow and lose myself. So I was playing along, just, you know, tinkle, tinkle. And I thought, I'm just going to record this. Yeah, so I did a few few recordings, maybe two, I think. Two, yeah. And then sent them through. I was like, look, if you can make anything of it, it's just random improv. There's no structure. There's no melody. I'm just playing along to the demo that I've heard. And then, yeah, it's such a beautiful thing. It's like, actually, yeah, there's some really nice moments in there. And we're going we're gonna to include them. Yeah, it's a real, 
Yeah, a little bit of magic. Yeah, and it's my mum's favourite trick. <laughs> yeah, Tara Matra. Yeah. 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 Oh, thank you so much for coming and uh, being on and Unraveling Midlife. I, I did write down your name as one of the first, on, on the first list I made after I listed a whole heap of women. Yeah. I was like, well, if I was going <laughs> to talk to a guy, who would have been? <laughs> well, I kind of feel strongly that um, women past midlife aren't necessarily featured as strongly as they could be in society oh absolutely so yeah. that's why i wanted to kind of give a voice for that yeah absolutely. yeah yeah yeah. No, we, um, yeah absolutely we live in patriarchal times definitely yeah. yeah and i mean i don't hear from a lot of listeners but the ones i do so like feel free to you know contact me <laughs> um with feedback that I, I do know that i do have a regular male listener and um and, and but a lot hi will, bob <laughs> I think it's Mike. Hi, Mike. <laughs> um, and then, uh, and and then, the people, the others that give me feedback are, I guess, women my age and older. So. Yeah, I think one of the things would be nice that I try to do. You know, I grew up with sisters, so I'm kind of trained in it as well. I think listening to each other yeah. is the thing. You know, I see a lot of this polarization of like, let's go do this for women, let's go do this for men, let's you know. Let's find the spaces in between. Well, that's the thing. I mean, that's coming up more and more at the moment, isn't it? Like, there's not just, like, male and female. There's, there's the fluidity. So, I, I mean, think that's a really nice thing to sort of break out of this, like, yeah, like, we should definitely have spaces for our own groupings. But in a way, it's still it's still a grouping. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, I'm like, yeah. do we have to go through this... Your X, your Y, your Z, and before we can get to the, can we just all accept each other for who we are? No I think matter. it's both. I it's, think it's both? both. Okay. Yeah, because I think that space is being shaped and owned. Yeah. And needs to go through that process. Yes, and, that's, yeah. I agree. Yeah. You know, certainly the mental health journey that I've been on and, and my work in that space, people have been owning and shaping that for maybe 50 years and maybe have another 50 to go. So yeah. I, I think that's fine. I think it's the coming back together again bit that we need to make sure we pay attention to. Because mm-hmm. otherwise, you know, we just kind of end up in our own little echo chambers, our own clusters. Mm-hmm. And I think hearing from each other, especially on, on topics like this, like mm-hmm. shared human experience, mm-hmm. regardless of what bits you've got mm-hmm. and what sexuality you have or what gender that you, you own. Yeah, these are shared experiences. And... Yeah, I think it'd be really nice if we shared them in exactly this way. Mm. Yeah, real beautiful. Great. Thanks for that. Yeah. Um, and listeners, if you have any, I mean, I already said feedback, but I've, I've actually had some good feedback um, recently. So thank you, Charlotte, for all your ideas, feeding them back. <laughs> um, I'll take them on board when I'm uh, properly later in the year when I'm not uh, on the road. So yeah. Can I ask you a question? Just oh, when I said maybe. I was doing this podcast, my sister um, was really interested in this idea of an astrological yeah. life unraveling. Uh-huh. Is, is there any way we can get info? Have you got any plans to share the sort of mechanics of it? Or oh, give, us right. a, give us a taste of it sometime? Um, yeah, I... I... Leave it with me. Because so maybe it's not a question. Maybe it's an invitation. It's like I think people would like to know. I didn't know. I didn't know there was an astrological midlife yeah. component to this until it's, you mentioned it. It's interesting because my first, my initial reaction is to go, "Well, I could point you here, and I can point you here, and I can point you here." And I have done that in the past. Like I've got like a couple of uh, like episode 
26 and 8 kind of both cover um, that from an astrological Ooh. viewpoint. But um, yeah, yeah, I. Th- I Mm. <laughs> something to add to your midlife unraveling yeah yeah i, I think so mm. i think so i mean you saw me uh, we were sitting watching some music um at the main stage and i was on my phone with the ephemeris because <laughs> i didn't bring the book on, on my travels and uh and working out the dates for you but um yeah yeah well there's a seed planted let's see what happens yeah fabulous awesome awesome thank you Welcome to the music section of the show. Today is a bit different, as I'm sharing Gareth's original music, with his permission, with myself on backing vocals. Something a little bit different from the general pattern of sharing my originals. Gareth thought that this song, Keep On Dreaming, was in theme with the dream work I share, so we decided to share it with you here today. Enjoy.
Unraveling Midlife is brought to you from Aotearoa, New Zealand by www.sarahmarlowspence.com Theme music is by Sarah Marlow Spence and Saraspati Marie Willis and art by Samantha Hepburn. <laughs>